0: What's hey, up, everybody, and welcome into a weekend edition of the DNVR Nuggets podcast, a mailbag weekend edition, of course, presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code DNVR when you do. I'm joined. It's me, Adam Mattis, and I've got one co-host tonight on this late Friday night. He's yawning into his microphone here.
1: It's D-Line Co. Let's go, baby. I'm sorry. to go. Despite the <laughs> yawning. Despite the uh, I was yawning for, uh, you know, like a tiger does. locked up in I'm just
0: running out. Wow. <laughs> Such a, such a good one. Are you already on one? It's like, we're we recording this at like 10.30, but um, <laughs> you, it'll be nice because it'll get you ready for um, the the Saturday day game, which I think is going to be a big one. I'm curious about, because of these like European fans tuning in oh, yeah. for this, like, I, 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 we, we should have Miroslav on to talk about like, is this the, what is this that it's like a marquee random ass game and it, on well, Saturday?
1: The the Serbians also have love for the Kings. Oh, that's true, yeah. Vlade Divac, uh, they've got like a whole Kings connection, yeah. Um, So, uh, obviously, Jokic is their main man because he is the main man, so now we've, uh, sorry Kings fan, or Kings Nation, they're ours now, Uh, but, (laughs) you know, like I guess there's still like a little bit of draw there.
0: Yeah, it, it does seem like that Kings team is the number one, and this Nuggets team might be like the number two already. You know, if you just think about, I, I this would be an interesting question for Miroslav, but it feels it feels like this is the number two, and for the younger generation, the number one. But we got a bunch of questions, including one from Miroslav, a bunch of Ooh. cool ones. They kind of span the whole, um, you know, whole spectrum of Denver Nuggets questions. A bunch of trade talk. People are asking a lot of people. Are very into the trades are. No, it really <laughs> it takes
1: it just takes the one game, and it's like we got to, so true got to blow it all up like, <laughs> yeah. we were like everyone was feeling their some themselves so much after that jazz game and like it just
0: <laughs> it's like oh wait we lost to the best team in the nba like okay well, the um, we got but pumped. i also get it i get it yeah yeah
1: pumped. that's the problem
0: so i was thinking about this and i was saying this on lockdown nuggets that it kind of does remind us of the clippers last year like they got punked by the clippers and everybody watched that game and was like denver's not in their class they're not in their tier then you know they're not true contenders, all this stuff. And then they beat the Clippers. Like, people, yeah. I, I, too, feel like the Nuggets are so far behind the Lakers, but I also just know that we're so far away from the games that matter.
1: Oh, we are so unbelievably far away from the games that matter. And not only that, like, you know, the Nuggets weren't just in – they had to figure a lot of things out on the fly last night. It was just like the wrong opponent to have right, yeah, Gary, yeah. to be the first one that Gary Harris is out. And then you have That's this true. Like, super weird starting lineup. People don't necessarily <laughs> know how to play with one another. And then yeah. not only does it mess up the starting lineup, obviously then the – what was working on the bench is like called into question also right,
0: because you just totally. have like, a
1: weird lineup. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, we got absolutely punished. It's like hard to be it's hard to like say anything else. But you know, I mean, it's it's like you're saying, man. It's early season still. I, I feel like it's gonna always be the early season. Yeah. But um, you know, like you just lose games like this.
0: You know what's weird is I, we've watched the games together now for like probably a full calendar year or or more and so it was weird not watching the game with it how was it watching it alone
1: uh, i don't know if you saw the twitter timeline like i was referred returned back to my like uh early primal form. Right? i was just like <laughs> every like thought an, yeah yeah i'm just like an angry twitterer like just <laughs> throwing out exactly like i didn't have somebody to like scream out my thoughts to i had to like scream it out via <laughs> type to the internet at large
0: <laughs> Are you you were the jack white like photo in real life oh <laughs> <my God>. like,
1: <laughs> well the funny thing was that it was actually like really funny because i was so into the live tweeting that i, I like i kind of, somehow like the emotional impact was sort of lost on me like yeah yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? it was weird like so by the end like i wasn't like as nearly as grumpy as i should be yeah. Um, so look, I take that for what it what you. <laughs> it's easier when
0: you have a long time to be grumpy. Like this game was over in the third, and you're just like sitting there watching the whole fourth, like oh. <laughs> dreading it all. But whatever, it happens. It happens. On to Sacramento here. All right, first question, Miroslav. This is such a classic Miroslav question too. What would you prefer telling your grandchildren about this season? Your your grandchildren, Derek. <laughs> I want you to really think on those grandchildren. Jokic winning the MVP or the Nuggets reaching the finals and being stopped there.
1: Oh, interesting. What's what, what's like the more lasting memory? That yeah, made from this season. <laughs> I
0: mean, it uh, leaves out a lot of context. Like, what does Jokic winning the MVP look like? How do they get to the finals? You know, how do they lose?
1: Yeah, yeah. But I guess if you only could choose one, I mean, obviously the more lasting. Mem- Nobody tells their grandkids about a losing effort in the
0: playoffs. <laughs> kind of. I don't know. Kind of. Really? I, yeah. I
1: feel like we tell them about we the did, Broncos we, winning Super
0: Bowl No, Bowl. no, no, no. Think about it. With, with Matumbo falling on the floor? That was a first round win. And then, you know, a I second know, round. I know. still tell people about that year.
1: I guess so, sort of. It's sort of like... I think I would rather tell them that I watched the MVP play.
0: Really? You?
1: That Rather than like... I don't yeah. know. I mean, I guess maybe if like the... the see, like the Matumbo was uh situation like the I mean it was I guess it was like last year where like the
0: the, the surprise and the stacked against them it yeah. was so yeah,
1: yeah so un, un like we just couldn't see it coming. Like to me, that feels like the ultimate like bummer to get to that. <laughs> That's
0: so that true. Stuff. From a Broncos perspective, it was like yeah, like, it was, the charm kind of wore off after. Yeah, right? like, there.
1: I mean, I, I've been to the Super Bowl. I've told you that, but I don't really tell a ton of people like, <laughs> hey, right. I was at the Super Bowl. We got absolutely decimated. <laughs>
0: That's so true to Seattle when I do like that story. what If, if the Nuggets made it. I mean, this is a crazy year because of COVID, but like the finals could be in July. There's a world in which, you know, you could be vaccinated (laughs) and at the game. Like, would you fly to the finals and pay finals prices to see like a game? Like, I mean, obviously you'd watch the ones that were in Denver if you could. Well,
1: yeah. So wait. Well, I mean, that's So no, I mean, I would watch all the Denver ones. I wouldn't, I I wouldn't fly back and forth. Although actually maybe I would. I don't know. That sounds like incredible. Yeah, like
0: it would be pretty cool to see the finals at like the Boston Garden or something, you you know, or go to New York.
1: (laughs) Deeply jealous I was of you guys getting to go back and forth to Portland.
0: Man, I so you're right. So here's an interesting thing about that is it's true. Like we were media, you know, so like we get we're kind of like roped off from everybody. But I did think while I was there, just with how many Portland fans there were and how overwhelming it was, how much it would kind of suck to be there as a Nuggets fan. Like I don't like playing the role of the dude that's like in your face everybody you know what i mean like that and just like sitting there and being like well it's kind of weird to get excited for this i don't know i i I would be weird i don't know i think i'd have fun
1: yeah no it's definitely weird i think i told you like I went to – I mean, I've not been in a lot of, like, really hostile environments when it comes to sporting events. I went to go – after the Super Bowl, we got beat. We went and saw the Avalanche play the New Jersey Devils the next day. And they won on a last-second goal. And, like, we stood up and cheered. And we literally got our lives threatened. (laughs) 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 It was like, oh, okay, well, I kind of forgot where we were. Uh, Yeah, exactly. It's not that cool. It's it's really not – yeah, it's not my desire to be, like, deeply hated in person
0: (laughs) yeah 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 and then also i will say though we we also have the bar and like being at the bar if the bar could be full and and safe or whatever if like packed like are you kidding me for a playoff game that'd be the greatest place on earth to be for a playoff win um and then also just like i will say and contrary to all the things we're saying the games three and four against portland last year were like two memories i'll always carry like Always. that that four overtime game was just like the intensity of it, like and how long the intensity lasts. That you were just like, I can't believe we're still on pins and needles in this building where everybody's like hair is standing up. It was, it was actually pretty cool to be there for that. So I got to say, dude, I'm saying wrong.
1: like I'm deeply jealous of that. I watched it, <laughs> I, was, I watched it at a bar and. I remember when it was over, I felt like I had just been like in a twelve round boxing match. I just yeah. felt like my body had been abused and every part of me had like, gone through the ringer. Yeah. And I can't even imagine that if you put on top of that like the weight of the opposing crowd. Oh the- man, the crowd's so intense. That's what I mean. Like
0: you can feel it on a regular season game and you you'd be like when you're and you've been to playoff games, but in a playoff atmosphere, man, you just feel the like crowd telling them we're not gonna let you win this one. Like <sighs> And it's oh, so I, great. Oh, I'm missing I, it,
1: man. I, I, oh, man, I'm, I'm missing, I'm missing <laughs> the, old, the old Pepsi slash ballerina right now.
0: <laughs> so I'm – personally, for me, if it were Yo- with Jokic, um, I, I still think I'd rather the team go to the finals. Number one, it means they beat the Lakers probably or Clippers or both. And, like, that alone would be – that's almost a championship for me. If the Nuggets could beat the Lakers at a conference level, <laughs> well, that's – yeah, That's pretty like, damn good.
1: You, well, don't you feel like you are can already tell your children about beating the Clippers? and the yeah, you know, yeah, one yeah. Lakers, though. How many stories of failure do your children <laughs> and grandchildren need to hear from you? <laughs> so true. Ray Martinelli
0: asks, what do you think of Michael's minutes guarding LeBron? And do you think it's a viable option going forward on big tweener 3-4s like LeBron and Kawhi? I'll let you answer this one first. It here. didn't. It
1: didn't go well, man. He he got by Jamichael Green pretty easily. Like as soon as he got on the side of him, it was just mm-hmm. like full steam ahead. Um, it's funny because, you know, we were kind of thinking last year. You know, if you look at them without having any context or yeah. uh, seeing them move, uh, he and like LeBron and Paul Millsap, seemed yeah. Really, like a like a like a matchup he,
0: that is. He team. bullied Paul Millsap the other day too. Or well, yesterday that, too, no, and got played in one. Yeah, that's what
1: I'm saying. Like you look at Jermichael Green, you look at LeBron James. You're like, oh yeah, those two. Like if they're on the playground, you're like, yeah, you two match up. But. Um, yeah, yeah, that
0: does, <laughs> LeBron's like, stronger, faster, everything. Dude,
1: it, it was like, that's I crazy. mean, I, I, when I first saw it, I was like, all right, well, let's see how this goes. And then I was like, oh, right. Yep. Nope. That's not going to work. So,
0: I, my take is the same. Like, I, I don't think Jamichael Green's going to be a, the stopper or anything like that. But I do think he can play those minutes because here's what's crazy about the Lakers. And people are going to laugh at this, but I'm telling you, I think this is going to be especially true in the playoffs. They're not that good offensively in the half court. Yeah. Like, they're a dominant defensive team. And they are great in transition with obviously a, a couple players that, that can elevate themselves, but their overall numbers like Denver, I think, can outscore them. Yeah. Just because I, I think Denver in a playoff setting can defend well enough. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but they, they to me it's not like hey, we gotta put in our guys that are gonna match up because like just force them in the half court, they'll be moderately efficient at best. But, you know, they'll have their good nights, but that's – Yeah, I mean, you know what it comes down to score. with
1: them is, uh, is is just Anthony Davis and whether or not he yeah. decides he wants to play. Like, he he changes everything if he's engaged yeah. and is hitting shots. But, yeah, the Lakers – you know what it is about the Lakers? Like, they're just – they're literally just big, and they just clog everything. they
0: enormous, man. You
1: try to – you try and weave your way – like, the Nuggets – Really
0: smart to go, defensively, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, they're just kind of like – yeah, they're kind of, they're staggered in such a way yeah. that, like, the Nuggets will try to get into open space, and there just isn't ever any and so yeah. it put him into bad spots um whatever it Dem- Dem- game.
0: denver's quite a ways away i think from the lakers but in theory the best version of the nuggets like i just think you got to score you, you got to make them change put in some of their weaker defensive or defensive players because they need to catch up to you um buckets here we'll do one more for a break buckets how much is not being allowed to have fans hurting us at home this season as talented as this team is, it doesn't seem like anybody has any problems coming into ball arena this season. Disappointed, but relieved face. Um, did I lose you? Oh, there you are. No, um, no, no. I mean, I was, What do you think about that?
1: <laughs> well, I think that um, we had our biggest homestand when our team was, like, mostly incomplete. And, yeah, that's uh, true. That's we haven't true. really had like an extended period at, at home with uh, the team intact, although like who knows when we will since the team is currently deeply unintact. But um like that early season right. like, we started off with that big, you know, like then we just beat the Jazz at home.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Jazz win at good. home is by far the best win. I yeah, think yeah. Golden State was at
1: home too, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean like we I, I think that um it's coming back a little bit. Like I I think yeah. that it's to the point where the Nuggets are basically on even footing with uh, most of the opponents that they face up against, and now right. uh, the the altitude can at least come into play. You know, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good theory. I think I, I probably ascribe to that same one. So much of the Nuggets' stats overall this season are painted by the first like six games of the year. Totally. And if you, everything, when you cut it off those first couple of games, it's like, oh yeah, Denver actually looks kind of.
1: the first the first part of the season was just such a disaster. It was just garbage. It was terrible. We had. Every night we had to just be like, wow, they really look tired. Everyone's all tired right. and hurt. Or they, <laughs> wow, I can't believe they didn't play together at all. And there's seven new players and they don't have any concept of like who's supposed to do what on the second unit. Everybody's a fucking guard. Like
0: right.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just confused. And then yeah. suddenly MPJ comes back, the 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 water starts to clear a little bit. And um, you know, the team starts to play, Jamaica Green like fits it. And it's just all of that, all of that, those early garbage games, so we could have the Christmas Day slate, which sucked.
0: <laughs> it really was the worst Christmas Day it was slate. Awful. All lopsided wins that were like horribly uninteresting. It's what the All-Star, it's what All-Star Weekend's gonna be like. The NBA's gonna be fighting, like everybody's gonna be unhappy and protest together. They're gonna show up and it's just gonna be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like absolutely terrible game. <laughs> Some contest is just going to be like Nate Robinson and Birdman. I Can't believe this like, it's going to be like that over and over.
1: I really can't believe they're going to like try to go through with it. It seems like the perfect week to like try to make up these games that are getting canceled. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: I think it's just like it. nobody wants it. It, you know, I don't know. People are going to complain about it. It's going to be, or or maybe not. I don't know. Sometimes like players make this like kind of fuss, and then Adam Silver's like, "Hey guys, I just want you to know that's uh, going to cost everyone a million dollars." And they're all like, "What?" Okay, we'll guess.
1: play we'll play yeah, yeah. Christmas Day, fine. Whatever. We'll, yeah, we'll be exactly. off for a week and a half. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, uh, I know. Well, and it also like the who like I wouldn't say players don't want to play. I would say LeBron James doesn't want to play. So, right.
0: okay, no, there's people. a lot. There's a lot. Well, I, there's, I will say I heard. like Oh yeah, the and Fox. Like there, oh, there's okay. a lot of okay. people that there's a lot of people that have said this. Michael Malone said it before the game like I I am with the players on this. It's actually okay. kind of absurd. They need the break and then also just like you know, it's not things what they're telling us about their travel schedules, they go straight to the hotel. They can't even have team dinners yet and stuff like that. And so then to be like, hey, we're also going to have you do that in Atlanta and come on. That's like, come on, man. Like things are either, you know, things are not safe. Let's not pretend they are and force us all to come down and isolate in Atlanta for a weekend. You know, so I don't it's know.
1: Everything. I love how everything is, absur- is completely absurd. Everything is like <laughs> rife with hypocrisy. It like doesn't matter what <laughs> it, it is. is. So true. You just have to decide, like, where the soft spot is as far as public outrage is concerned and just, like, steer your ship in that direction.
0: Adam, Adam Silver has 100% been playing that, like, for the last, really, like, seven months. It's <laughs> totally like, what, how can I do this with the least amount of public blowback? Yeah, how he's do I just get, like, he's get like, over this as quickly well, yeah. as possible?
1: Well? just like throwing little things out like what if it was like this no oh what about like this? okay this all right we'll follow this way like
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy uh we'll take a quick break on the other side though a whole bunch of new questions i I think we have like 15 questions so we almost have to pick up i know people people send good ones too i think i only cut out like three or four um but first i want to tell you guys about eric's favorite place hassle cattle company Uh. With Wagyu. Did I say that right? Wagyu? No, you did not. Wagyu. I did not. Okay. It's like Wagyu. Wagyu I'm beef. I am heading him up just so he could do his favorite, <laughs> his favorite direction. With, with their famous blue collar Wagyu beef. Why is it blue collar? Because it's delicious, premium stuff, but everybody can afford it. Uh, they offer the wagyu smoked sausages, New York strip, beef bacon. Tell them your you have you have you actually haven't said how you cook yours. You just said that you do it on the skillet, but you haven't given your whole recipe. Oh, Give it,
1: uh, uh, the the ribeye. Oh yeah, God, dude. I want the whole so, recipe. So what you do is you take you make sure you get your hadle, hassle cattle company ribeye you allow it to warm up to room temperature before you even start thinking about trying to cook it.
0: Is this right? I didn't know this step, okay. Yes, yes, this is important because
1: because it allows it to cook more evenly. So at your room temperature steak, you get a uh, cast iron skillet and you heat it up to, to about like an eight or a seven, like just about as hot as it goes until it's like as hot as it gets like where you put water on it, it just sizzles right off and then you just all you put is on either side is just coarse sea salt and coarse uh, black pepper that's been ground that's it and then that's all just, you put that's it that's it because then you put it down for four minutes aside, and um the, it cooks in such a way that the fat like all that marbling renders and so then it like gets underneath the steak and it fries itself and so then it's like <laughs> crispy it's oh dude, yeah, I, yeah i can't even tell it's like, I mean, I've described it like it was outrageously delicious. <laughs> well, you're over, N- so no, there you no. go. I'm
0: you're not overselling you about- it. I'm telling you, it's great information. Oh, yeah. People yeah. are going to go buy now. Hassle Cattle Company that's H A S S E L L cattlecompany.com and use promo code DNBR10 when you go. Um, we also got DraftKings Sportsbook, of course, the presenting sponsor of this one. And if you're listening to this, you know you're just mere days away from the big game, the big game. <laughs> <You> <laughs> You want to get in on the big game by downloading DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app, and they got this crazy deal for you. It's a no-brainer. Um, you bet. You get you get this bet where. If any team, either team, gets one touchdown, then you win your bet. This is another one of those crazy promos. I mean, it's going to happen, guys. It's going to be like seven touchdowns. Um, so all you have to do is make that bet, and it's a no-brainer. Uh, you can't, you can't miss. And then they also have this giant prize, a prize pool going on. DraftKings has paid out over seven billion dollars to its players since 2012, and they do these big things for uh, the Super Bowl weekend where you can. Buy in, and you're guaranteed an automatic prize. Like You instantly win something. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR um, to get a, cha- a chance at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. Promo code DNVR. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash prediction-challenge-DFS dash for details. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was surprising. Colorado only must be 21 or older. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.
1: All how right. Your, how have your bets been going lately?
0: Dude, killing
1: it, crushing it.
0: I told everybody, remember we had the odds boost was the big one. You could bet up to 25 I, bucks for that I I thing. too. too. nailed yeah. it too. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> automatically, uh, <laughs> automatically starting the day up. But I've been, man, NBA, I'm telling you, that's why we need more NBA odds boosts. I'm, I'm hopeful they're coming as soon as the NFL season's over because I, I, that's the one I can kill on. That's the one I can do well on. Um, Nolan Rogers asks us, what are your thoughts on Mo Harkless? I would love him as a wing defender, or do you have any other big wings in mind? I'm going to answer this one, Eric, because Mo Mo Harkless is like Denver does need a long wing. They they de- they clearly need it, but Mo Harkless seems to me to be like kind of at that cutoff of guy that doesn't actually matter against the upper level guys. You know, he just he yes. he becomes Tory Craig at a certain level, yes. And, and so I don't know that he would be meaningful different. The one thing I will say is there's two types of teams. I hope we get to see both of them before Jokic is done with his career. One is an all defensive team that's like four mo harklesses like i wonder what the what, what a team looks like when every player at every position is the mo harkless of their position <laughs> means <meets>.
1: mo harkless
0: <laughs> or one team of great shooters that maybe can't defend or whatever and just see if denver puts up like 140 every single night and it doesn't matter if they suck on defense because they just keep beating you i want I, that one, <laughs> one I want. <laughs> well i want both of them i want to see both of them but uh, or each of them unless one of them just dominates and then you're like okay we'll stick with this formula we figured it out mo harkless I don't think you just add him to Denver's roster. Denver's probably not yeah. that not that great. Although an upgrade, I mean, probably he's like taller P.J. Dozier. Um, Daniel Languish asks, This loss to the Lakers is a harsh welcome to reality that we aren't good enough to beat the Lakers in our current <laughs> state. <laughs> what needs to change? MB, MPJ increase in minutes with the hope that he can develop into the game changer, make a trade, or lineup change? What do you think?
1: Man, I'm telling you, like – this is just it's overreaction we're just overreacting to the idea that we like that wholesale changes are needed i mean i i understand like it it didn't look good and it didn't go well but um at a certain point like the i mean the team's got to play like as it's intended to be played first and foremost before you know like things are weird when you have to start switching lineups around and it, right. so i don't know they could it, i mean very well even with gary harris the full intact lineup like we could still suffer the exact same fate i'm just not ready to say like we got to throw the baby out with the bathwater just right,
0: right.
1: i mean the thing is is we just we
0: don't know I, it's not the third one i don't think there's like a lineup change that's like boom there it is denver's yeah. denver figured it out I think it's either, yeah, like a trade or MP and that's the question of the whole season. It's like, do you just write it out with MPJ and eventually he's exactly what we all hope he can be? Or do you make the trade and hope that he brings the return that gets you there? I, I mean, I, I really don't know the answer to that. What I would say is I, I want to see Michael Porter fail for a lot longer than what he has you know, struggled with or whatever this so far this season like. And, and some of this is frustrating. I really am hopeful that it's just this Jazz, Spurs, Lakers trio that Denver's had to play in a row that has caused Michael Porter to be in sort of a slump. Like those are playoff caliber teams, great smart coaches, and they're and, and and I just think maybe that's part of it. Now you get Sacramento, maybe he looks good again, and you know you get you go up against a team that's what, not what you, nearly. What are you as saying
1: healthy. about Luke Walton exactly?
0: <laughs> well, you know who knows? Yeah, <laughs> so, but I mean seriously. So I'm I'm hopeful that he starts to have a bounce back here as the the month eases up but at the same time i do think that michael porter he can get to a certain level and look good but not be playoff ready and it's going to be hard to know that it, that's why games like this laker one are so important for sort of evaluating yeah,
1: he, he just needs to get to the point where he's not thinking you know yeah totally playing, and <laughs> I you know, know, that, totally. which which is you know fuel to the argument that he just needs to be playing through his mistakes yeah. and be given a longer totally. leash so yeah. you know but Yeah, it is is still that that big question, like, can he get to where he needs to get?
0: Toasty Mac asks, is there a backup center we can target at the deadline? Because, A, Joker does need a a break longer than five minutes sometimes. And, B, Hartenstein can't go five minutes without picking up three (laughs) fouls. And, C, Hartenstein has no hands? (laughs) Question (laughs) mark? So a little Hartenstein slander. So here's a here's an interesting thing about uh, I'm going to give you here two two stats that that in my opinion prove why people use stats just to make their own point, but don't you know like they're it's they so can amazing. be very conflicting. Hartenstein has the best net rating on the Denver Nuggets by quite a bit, and the Nuggets are I think seven and zero when Hartenstein does not play, <laughs> so they're like five and nine when he does play or something like that. <laughs> So you look at this and you say, okay, he's the best net rating, but yet when he doesn't play, Denver wins. Um, what do you? What's your hardest time to take now that I've given you this? Well, I mean,
1: yeah, the, the uh, I, I take that all of that with an entire canister of large coarsely ground uh, fresh sea salt. Oh. Um, but I mean, you just watch him; he has been not an asset on the floor to this point. Like he. Um, you know, he comes in, he provides like what has been some pretty comical minutes. Um, he is not very reliable. It's exactly, I mean, exactly. Like we can't count on him to spell Nikola Jokic for long right. enough. So Jokic can't really spend time off the floor like he was able to with the Mason pulley. Yeah. Like, I mean, is there one that we can target? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but it just seems like that's kind of a, something that everybody needs, right?
0: I'm not ready to give up on Hartenstein all the way just yet. We talk about Michael Porter and how like he's playing these minutes and then he gets pulled and this or that. Like Hartenstein's that on steroids, right? Like his minutes. If he doesn't play well for two minutes, he gets pulled. And I do think that when he was playing consistently, he was doing better than what he is now. Like He was playing for a while and I thought looked okay, and then he wasn't playing and then came back in and has looked really bad since. So I think giving him a bigger opportunity is important. But here's my biggest Hartenstein take, Eric. Tell me if you agree. Okay. And this is going to sound a little harsh, but I, 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 I kind
1: of mean it. I think he needs to shave the beard, man. <laughs> I I think it's more than the beard, dude. It's his weird the hair. His weird, he has like weird, like pointy, like Elvis hair. It's like, it's a, it's a deeply bad look.
0: It's a very loud look, and it's like, man, I want Hartstein to play well. Uh, I want him to be good, but he does just look too, too much to me like Ricky from <laughs>
1: Trailer Park. somebody it's, pointed it out, and I'm like, oh know. I mean, Plus, he's got that weird curved neck. I mean, yeah. I mean, granted, these are not. Like I'm, tra- I'm higher tra- on Hartstein. These but these aren't traditional ways that you uh, measure a, a backup center. But these are traditional terms.
0: <laughs> um, Jesse Hartmint asks uh what are reasonable adjustments the nuggets can make at the start of third quarters oh this is a good one play michael porter zone defense more bench unit mixes i'm um, this is a really interesting one do you want to give a take or do you want do you want me to give one so i'll
1: tell you what i think i think okay. that uh it comes down to uh half adjustments made by the other coaches and okay um, I think I, I, this is a pure, this is a, a guess because we see this happen over and over again. So the nuggets are either coming out unmotivated or unprepared. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so um, I don't know how a NBA coach is supposed to imbue that his team with motivation um, the professional athletes. Like I have no idea how that happens, but it does yeah. seem like there's maybe something scheme wise that he's able to do. Uh, to get them in the right places. I, I, I mean, I just can't figure it out. It's so confusing to me why they're just unable to get out of the starting block every third quarter.
0: Yeah, I, I don't understand it either. And I don't know that there's a, sen- a a change that makes like sense. Like, I wish I had a take here that's like, oh, it's clearly they need to go to more offense or this or that. Like, I, I really just don't know the answer to that. They have been up. I'm also inclined to think that the, these can be like small trends. You know, this trend is really over like seven games, right? And that's a lot. But it's also like a tiny sample size. If, you know, PJ Dozier shot well for seven games, are we like, he's a great shooter now? We're like, no, I mean, like he's just, he was on a heater. So Denver has been really bad recently in third quarters. The one thing is, and, and I think one thing that happens whenever you ask questions like this is people will you blame it on whatever thing they don't like, right? <laughs> <Of> like <course. laughs> the reason they're not doing this because Hartenstein's not playing more. And you're like, wait, what? Where what? <laughs> are we connecting these dots? You know, like, but so I so I do think that I don't know what any of it is, but I would like to see some more, more blended lineups in general, just because I'm starting to worry that PJ and Jokic are just not going to ever get over the hump. Um, yeah, they, don't they don't play, they don't play together very much.
1: Well, it, I mean, they, they intended for them to, they started off the year that way. Right. And PJ got, really hurt. Good. Yeah. you just don't like, you just don't know if, if Malone is being stubborn or if he's being uh, like, if he's adhering to a plan he's set forth, right. like it's, If he's looking
0: for something, like it's confusing. Um, J. David Walker asks, Is the best path forward this season to not make a move, play the young guys, and accept that you're going to take a step back? How feasible is it to sell that mentality to a team with an MVP candidate coming off a Western Conference finals run? I don't. Here's the thing I'll answer this one right off the top. Here's the thing I don't think organizations act like we act, where they're like, you know what, guys, we don't care if we win this year, we're only like, no, they always try to win. When when front offices or coaches tinker with that, like, scale, it's never in an effort not to win a game. It's just like we might play some more minutes here or there. I don't think Denver has any type of plan like that. I think Michael Malone was handed pieces. The front office, I think, was hopeful that, you know, Michael Porter would really grow into a star role. Bull Bull would play enough minutes for them to evaluate. And all the other guys just kind of fill in as needed so they get some data points on them. And to this point, none of those things have quite happened yet. But I don't think that's because of any, like, conscious decision it's more like let's put the ingredients out there and let's hope this is what happens
1: yeah i mean hearing more and more from george carl it really seems that that is like the relationship between the front office and the coach the coach's room is like they you know the the front office gives you those pieces and then it's like all right man figure it out um i think the
0: communication is there about what they hope it's just that at the end of the day michael malone knows his job is to win and people will say like he can't you know, he's, he's sometimes too competitive and lives too in the moment. He plays the guys too many minutes or this or that. But I think that's just called coaching. Like, I think that's just called like when you're in a game, you're trying to win it. It's a, that's your, that's your goals coach. And also, you know, as an NBA coach, people will tell you, we don't mind if we don't win, but the moment you don't win, you get fired.
1: Of course. of course. <laughs> and if, I mean, uh, oftentimes when you do win, you get fired. How <laughs> right. many times the coach of the year has been fired the next right, year. Is, is like an yeah. un, uh, unimaginable amount. Like, But I I just feel like um, there's just too many um, definitive uh, descriptions of what this Nuggets team is and what they're not already this early
0: season. Yeah, yeah, so totally true.
1: I'm just not ready to say, like, okay, this is who they are. I know exactly who this team is.
0: They're going to be so different in 20 games. There's going to be, like, so many different, like... Anytime you go back and listen 20 games prior and you feel like, like, yeah, you're like the conversations are around things that no longer are pertinent.
1: (laughs) Totally. It's always, I mean, it's always that way. I mean, that's why this is, again, this is why you play the regular season. Like, it's just so interesting. You don't really know what's going to happen. Teams change, evolve, like fall apart, implode. It's like, it's the best.
0: (laughs) It's the best. Uh, Josh Barnett from down under. If we can move the $35 million Gary and Will are on next season, do you think a decent free agent would finally look at Denver? Surely playing with the best passing big man in the league is appealing. It would probably be only one year only only if they want to play MPJ the season after, if so, who? I'm not going to answer who because, man, we're so far away from free agency. Like, (laughs) come on, you want me to look at the draft too and tell you that? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But um, just in terms of like – first of all getting off the money i think gary harris becomes tradable on an expiring i think i mean significantly more so and also gary harris the injury really sucks and his injuries history really sucks but he was on track to recuperating value to where especially on an expiring i think teams would have been like okay that's not the most negative asset ever whatever um Will Barton's a free agent. And I would not be surprised if he talks himself into trying to go for another big contract. I don't know if it'd be the right move, but I wouldn't be surprised if he tried that. So being off their money is not that unrealistic. As for free agents, you know, <laughs> I mean, I still don't think so. I mean, I, I don't think you're getting any of the big, the big name type guys, but you know, I'd be, you know, like Kawhi Leonard's not going to leave the Clippers to come to Denver or anything <laughs> like that, you know? So,
1: but well, if he can convince Paul George to go with him.
0: Yeah, but you never know. Like, Denver could be in a position where there are good players that maybe aren't max caliber players, but players that are like, you know what, I'd rather go to Denver because I feel like I can extend my career there because they get me or whatever. Yeah,
1: you know, I'm saying we, we have this uh, question come up every single year now, and it's always like, well, we're finally in the position that we're attractive <laughs> to free agents. And, like, the, every time it's like, I mean, the bet like the absolute best we've been able to do has got – is get paul Millsap, which right. was great absolutely great but i mean obviously at the very very tail end of his career and for 30 million dollars a year like right. an extreme overpay for a, a very much over the hill former star like
0: but maybe denver can get a an andre guadalla caliber player or i know that sounds oh, as that painful here but, <laughs> but like that type of player or that you know maybe like a malcolm brogdon type player that you're like, like jeremy grant kind of thing <laughs> i mean seriously he went to detroit you know <laughs> like detroit was sitting over there being like you know we're gonna get a great free agent oh, i summer. know i'm, I'm just t- i
1: don't happen. know man i just i keep by i every year i hear tale that the reputation of denver has changed in the nba <laughs> people has. all of these athletes are now looking so at true. what a wonderful city it yeah, is so and then true. it's like we Davis Bertans won't even. Get yeah, they, they just didn't. Do, that's what they need to. Do. They
0: just didn't go Euro, man. Like the Euros, like Denver, they love it actually. So just, I, just do maybe. that.
1: Yeah, I mean, but they, they're not even talking to us. I don't know what happens.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I really thought Bogdanovich might might I try know, to. Go, hey, what the heck, man? As soon
1: as that deal went void, I was like, oh baby, come to Papa. Yeah. You're like in <laughs> Atlanta. Like what? That's
0: <laughs> so true. Uh, why so serious? ass? do you think that Malone is being asked anything when it comes to the trades, or is it only? up to the front office. He's being asked a lot. Like, here's the thing. I don't know that there's perfect synergy between the front. In fact, I would guess, at this again, just a guess, I would guess that there is absolutely not perfect synergy between the front office and the way Michael Malone handles the ingredients that they've given him. But I do think there's perfect synergy between what they bring to the table. Like, I don't think there were major differences about, Hey, we should get you no We we shouldn't. Or, you know, like, I think both of them are like, Hey, we like these guys coach. Mo what are you looking for? What type of player? What do you think of this guy? He's very in on conversations of that. And I think his approval carries a lot of weight to them. So again, I don't, I, I think if you ask the front office, they probably would love bull bull to have played more minutes. Michael Porter to have played more minutes, but at the same time would they have loved that if the outcome was that the team was like nine and 12 right now, probably not. So it, Malone has a balancing act to play himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're also talking about like, probably, if not the most like one of the most collaborative um, presidents of basketball operations like there's no way he's like they definitely don't make any decisions by themselves like they're definitely asking as many opinions as possible. Um, So Uh, I guarantee Michael Malone is part of all of that. I
0: don't think it's crazy to suspect that the front office has a perspective or not the front office the ownership has a perspective on michael porter and how he's handled just because of what he represents financially and i think that they're you know i i i highly doubt and i have not heard anything for there being like you know stan or josh coming down from the tower to tell michael malone play mpj more minutes or anything like that but i wouldn't be surprised if that became a storyline before too long you know like there's an incentive for michael porter to hit whereas like There's an incentive for Jermichael to hit because it means the team's good. But Stan's not out there being like, we really need these Jermichael Green jerseys to move. (laughs) He's he's going to sell season tickets this year that Jermichael Green is.
1: Yeah, he comes down from the tower like, is this one of the franchises I own? I honestly don't remember anymore
0: um marco Dotch i think i say that right um nuggets lack some pieces to make a step forward to top tier contenders what do you think about a blockbuster trade if possible and what would be acceptable at this point <laughs> the, the, i'm gonna answer this one quick blockbuster i have no idea what that means like bradley bradley bill's the one that's out there like what do i think of it i don't know i mean who knows man I, i've said this many times i don't know if Brad, bradley Beal. i think makes the nuggets instantly better does he make them better in the ways that matter in a playoff run i have no idea um does it work out i just i don't know i have i don't i'm out of perspective on this eric
1: yeah i mean you're always just looking for that big three um you're always looking for the big three in the nba and we just like we we have a big three they just haven't been uh three three nighted they've not been uh, (laughs) they've not been bonded they've not been uh together in a way that and i you know i i believe in my heart of hearts it's like part of the plan to make that make that happen i just um
0: yeah
1: long season baby
0: one more and we'll take a break. Can we, the current roster or will we, Malone, push Jamal to, to shooting guard? His impact on games is undeniable, but as long it is, but is it long and often enough in games for our main volume? I think he says push push Jamal Murray to shooting guard. Is that a yeah. thing that's that's coming? What do you think about that, Eric? you exactly. me and you have both been like influenced by George Carl on this.
1: Yeah, well I mean this is this is becoming I mean I'm hearing this echoing more and more and more. I'm hearing this and maybe maybe it is George Carl putting it out there, but um I you know, when we first got Jamal Murray, I always thought he was going to be a shooting guard and then you know, alongside Emmanuel Mudiay obviously. Um and he was just sort of like thrust into that position because he really does have a good handle um particularly for somebody who's not natively a, a point guard like i know Ryan. he thinks of himself that way but i mean it's clear like that's not his best place on the floor because he's just such a dynamic shooter and, and scorer like he's just able to be a point guard so yeah. i mean i don't know like i can see you know maybe monte morris in the time like i, I imagine we'll see a lot of this or at least some of it come up with uh, gary harris off the floor Ryan. and uh, everybody sort of just sliding over one um and we'll we'll get a you know maybe a better idea like I, I I certainly understand the theory and it's it's not crazy at all because that's what he played in college like right. and he was dynamic in college. The thing is not even
0: just the point guard part of the equation like a Joe Ingles I think would help things here. He's a small forward. He's a secondary ball handler, but he's just such a he plays the point guard role where he can get the team settled. He can run pick and roll and make smart decisions and get the ball where it's supposed to go. Um, And it's funny to think of Utah and just how great they've been. You know, they're shooting, they're making more threes per game than any team in NBA history. Isn't that wild? By a lot, by like, by like over one three per game. Um, And they're shooting 40% while doing it. Like, I think that the combination of having um, Ingles and, um, and uh, Mike Conley on the court, like, like, and then, you think about Mitchell is kind of like Murray where they're at their best when they're not thinking about anything else, just attack, take a bad shot here and there. Nobody cares. Like that's your, your job. And the fact that, you know, Murray has Jokic, who's obviously a great playmaker, but it's one, there's no release valve after that. Whereas Donovan Mitchell has two, basically any player he kicks it to is capable of like going into the next action. And I do think Denver would benefit from that, whether it's a point guard or whether it's just another, I mean, Barton, I think at his best can be that role. Just Barton's like 50% of himself this year.
1: I know. Plus, he's just like uh, he go. He gets. Uh, he, he's doing a lot more of that uh, that hero ball that everybody hates so much this year. I mean, so, it really was like the playoffs when he's yeah. not good enough to do
0: that. So every time he does it, it's like, dude, you are like the worst in the NBA at this right now. <laughs> You cannot score in isolation right now. Uh, All right. Let's take another break. We got like four more for you on the other side. Uh, Real quick, I want to tell you about one of my favorite sponsors, Green Mountain Dental Group. Right now, does anybody know uh, anyone that needs a job? Green Mountain Dental Group is looking for an experienced office office manager slash bookkeeper. It's a salaried position with great benefits and obviously a great company. If you are interested or know somebody interested, you can visit their website, greenmountaindentalgroup.com, or you can call them 303 988 0711 and of course green mountain dental group is that family-owned dentist right there in lakewood just 10 minutes from downtown that offers new customers a free sonicare when they get a cleaning x-ray and exam just a great company family-owned company if you want to people should work in family-owned businesses it's like we talk about this all the time corporations big corporate culture
1: miserable it's the worst you know what corporate culture is it's just like taking all of the interesting parts of what it is to be a human being and we're <laughs> less somebody be offended by it like it's no one can be offended in any direction so you're just left with like a a, a tasteless bush
0: the formalities of like communication (laughs) colleagues and everything else (laughs) i sent you an email but you didn't send a reply oh oh, i'm sorry
1: i gotta i gotta purr my last email the other way
0: did you really? That's I all. Did, that's yeah. great. oh oh. I see you got my email. Uh, <laughs> I also want to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. Right now, you guys know they've got the new subscription service. You can subscribe now, and get it delivered to your door every single month, and you'll save twenty percent overall when you do it that way. It's also a hassle-free way for you just to get your coffee. Every month. I'm telling you, everything's going to subscription. You get things delivered. You never have to leave your house or change out of your pajamas. It's great. Um, or you can use the uh, promo code DNVR let's see dnvr20 and save 20% off an individual order if you're tra- thinking about ordering stravacraft coffee for the first time want to try it out use that promo code dnvr20 of course stravacraft comfy is the stravacraft coffee is the colorado owned cbd infused <laughs> coffee that you can uh, get at a couple different places around town or again order it online go into to stravacraft coffee um, okay let's get back into this couple more here eric if you have a time this one's for you from Matthew kimura if you had a time machine and you could bring any Nuggets player past or present onto the show, onto the show. Not to play the basketball, to be on our, our, guest on our show for one day. Who would it be?
1: Wow. Okay, onto the show. Let's think. Who's no, like the most really, interesting yeah. personality? Um uh wow, who would like Birdman potentially? Is he going to interview though? Like, I don't See, know. I just
0: feel like like a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like he's not actually a person, you know, he's the character of the Birdman
1: you know who i mean you know who i always thought was very uh warm entertaining and, and downright lovable was ty lawson i really love that Ty Lawson. yeah I mean, and i also i also really love um danilo gallinari like he's not a good
0: podcast guest though i don't think yeah so. maybe, maybe oh, i'd like be that creative one you're not going back too far so yours are well, all
1: you're right all i mean well i just don't know the personalities of like i don't know if i mean i actually sat next to alex english while we. um were doing a, uh, a where he was doing a signing. Remember yeah. this at, at Cherry Cricket. And he was cool. He was really cool <laughs> guy. So maybe maybe Alex English.
0: <laughs> Alex English would be a cool and David Thompson's a guy that I've wanted to talk to for a long time. Like he of course predates me. Like you know his, his time for the Nuggets was before my time on Earth, but he's just a guy that has such a fascinating career and like. I think he would be a guy that has a really interesting perspective. And he hasn't oh. talked that much. He hasn't done too much public stuff lately. Doug Moe, though, I think would also oh. be like. Oh.
1: Imagine
0: Doug Moe on the show. Oh, my God. That'd be an all timer. You know
1: who's a great interview, actually, I've heard of more than uh, once is Kenyon Martin. Oh, I
0: think. Oh, for sure. And he's got a show. He's got a yeah, podcast. He's so, like, great. he's good. And yeah, he's really good. He'd be or, super. Uh,
1: Or obviously uh, Richard Jefferson, right? I mean, I'm not that interested in him. But Uh,
0: Mike Miller, I think we're gonna have Mike Miller on the show at some point, man. I thought we were gonna have him this week, but I think we're gonna have him on very, very soon. Um, And he's definitely a guy like he's, you know, he's friends with Josh Kroenke. Like his his career, his LeBron, obviously. He was a really sick player on his own right. Like he has his career intertwines through a lot, and then of course with the Nuggets, with Jokic in Jokic's first years, and then RJ Hampton. Now he's like basically his, his agent, so he, he weaves in and out. I think it, Mike Miller's high on my list. Kenneth asks, "What is the missing piece for the Nuggets? Should we consider putting a package together for Aaron Gordon or Blake Griffin?" Yikes. Blake Griffin, I don't really get that one. Like, he does nothing that Denver needs and does something that he kind of has. I mean, maybe it would have worked out. I don't see it, but I don't don't
1: think He he gives you your, like, dunker position that you like. But Um, he's more of a
0: ball handler now, man. Like, he's, you know... Does he have
1: to be? I mean, like, or is he just, like, in a weird lawless Detroit Pistons (laughs) offense where... He's been this for a while. Jeremy Grant is, like, somehow now the the primary ball scorer. Uh, I, I mean, we just need... We just need a Greg Whittington type. We need a, a big, long-rangey uh, yep. defensive wing. We need that, like, very, like, the actual 3 and D, right? Like, we've either had the D or the, or the 3, but never never the, the Twain should have met.
0: I think Aaron Gordon, is, the idea of Aaron Gordon is what people think, but it's not what he actually is. Like people, people picture him as this like defensive minded slasher who like plays smart basketball and really accepts his role, and it's not at all it. Like <laughs> terrible shots, you know, like, <laughs> like really frustrating and not at all in my opinion. So I don't know. I don't know about either of those guys. Jamal Murray Stan asks, "How much does Jokic's poor performance versus LeBron hurt his MVP chances?" (laughs) Well, um, according to the Jump today, it's over. It's over. (laughs)
1: over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sportsbook is removing their cash out offer to me. I I love that it was against
1: LeBron. Like those two didn't match up at all. Right, right. Uh,
0: That being said, it does hurt. Here's the thing: so it was reported today, the Nuggets actually they played the Lakers on Valentine's Day, the 14th. that game was on NBA TV. It's been bumped up. It's got promoted. It's now on ESPN. So the the revenge game will be the revolution will be televised. The nuggets have gotten bumped up. Well, I guess it was probably the Lakers that got bumped up, but got (laughs) bumped up to the prime time, baby.
1: Really? I would, after the, this last game, I'm very surprised by that. Maybe they just uh, like the idea of um, the nuggets getting massacred.
0: (laughs) But honestly, like it does provide a nice like callback, you know, like it, Jokic plays well over these next two weeks. If you're talking about how this works, you know, you play well over the next week and a half, and then when the when that day does roll around, you dominate, you win, you have the big second half or whatever, and then the narrative flips, and we're like, well, hold on, the MVP race is closer than we thought. Like, <laughs> oh, I hate the NBA so
1: much. God, I hate the <laughs> NBA. <laughs>
0: um, so I think, yeah, according to everybody today, it, it has hurt him. Stefan, Never. there's two more. Do you think? MBJ think can become a decent defender. It looks like he lacks instincts and has foot speed below average for small forward. Do you think he will be better at four at power forward? I mean, answer the second part, I guess for his power forward, I I do wonder about, about Yoke, or about him playing a little bit more power forward, more, more shooters on the court. What happens?
1: Yeah, that actually makes quite a bit of sense, honestly, because it is true. Like he's, his lateral speed is not great, and his instincts are not great. But we are oftentimes asking him to, to guard and, and go up against like really mobile wings, guys that are like sort of like, yeah. running all over the place and are being. Uh... I mean, it, more, it, it seems like more often than not, when we're like really pissed off at MPJ, it's because he's left somebody in the corner and he's collapsed yeah. in a way
0: that he's. That's not to have no matter who he's on the court with.
1: I guess so uh but i mean it seems like if you know like if somebody because he i think he kind of just wants to be close to the rim because he can block shots he can get rebounds like and uh, it seems like if he was you know guarding somebody that was looking more to post up a little bit and and, and not be so stretched like i i, I don't know or, yeah. but again like also like power forwards generally aren't that fleet of foot so it doesn't make a lot of sense you just wonder if he's uh you know if he's thick enough to to handle it, he
0: that. He just needs minutes, man. He just needs minutes. I, I the, even some of the thickness stuff I think he'll grow into but right now he's making all these mistakes. I'm just not I'm not that surprised. I just need to see him do it and honestly if they, they he plays like 30 minutes a game for the next 6 games and Denver goes 1 in 5 or something like that like it might be enough for us to know, you know? Like that might be but I'd rather get to that point and know than keep doing these these weird ones where it's a big sample. um will mcpherson this is the last one is michael malone's refusal to trust young players detrimental to the development and how much credit do you think malone deserves for the growth of Jokic and murray um you're the biggest malone guy
1: so i think that uh the way that he handles rookies is like pretty much how most coaches handle rookies. <laughs> yeah, so like they just don't you know you don't, you don't throw them out there because it's just a different game when you get to this level it's like so uh, much more mental it's like so much more strategic it's not just based on whether or not like who's got the best and one mixtape it's like oh, yeah so um how much do, do we credit him for developing those two like all the credit like, <laughs> he, I, i've had arguments like this before where people just act like because these players are good they would have been good regardless uh-huh. uh, in any circumstance like just their natural progression allows like that's not even there's so many yeah. unbelievably talented players that just like flame out in this league because they're not put in the uh-huh. right situation like michael malone you know while he can be really frustrating with a lot of his decisions like he completely uh, rewired his offense to cater to Jokic's strength because he saw it. Like he, you know, granted you can say Chris Finch was the architect of it, but like, no, 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 point,
0: credit,
1: yeah. Well, uh, yeah. At a certain point, like the CEO of a company, like makes the final call. Like he decides, no. like yes, we're going to put him in this, this spot. So all the credit goes to Malone. Like Nikola Jokic has played on his Serbian national team and been benched and like sat on the bench, like come up, you know, not even started and like. Right if you don't have a coach that believes in the, what it is you're, especially with Jokic and especially with Murray, those are two like really unique players in a lot of ways. Um, Malone has like put them in a position to succeed. And, um, I know it's frustrating, but like, it's just, it's just basketball. You learn is just a sport you have to have a long view with. You just have to, otherwise you'll just, you'll just die. You can't live. It's like baseball that way. Like you just can't live and die. On the result of every game and every possession and every rotation that didn't have the right, you know, combination of players that you wanted. It's he's got to look big here, man. And Malone has done a great job. He makes mistakes in the micro, but um, I think his handling of players like it's pretty hard to argue.
0: I think you're seeing this with the Warriors as well, and that Wiseman, you know, they're in a bit a little bit of a different place, but Wiseman was thrown in, like, hey, we're gonna have to bring this guy along, and he's so talented and, and all this things, and like they're already at the point where it's like, Man, he's really good, he has really good upside, but playing him is literally killing our season, <laughs> and like the Warriors are even at this place where it's uncomfortable between how much are they supposed to plan for development versus risking what they have right now, and um I so I think all coaches just the way the game has moved, and here's one other thing I'll say. There are some teams that play a more simple brand of basketball where you can tell a rookie, like, hey, your job is to stand in the corner and shoot threes when they come to you, and like you'll get more opportunities as the season goes on. But early on, that's all you do, and they can thrive at that. I think in Denver's style, playing with Jokic, where defensively you're going to have to be smart and be able to learn to rotate because you just have to cover for him, and offensively, like you're only going to get this if you – really learn the game of basketball or else even a player like mpj is going to struggle to be able to pick his spot so it's just playing with denver you need a little bit more of a phd than say if you played with like the washington wizards um and you know like where westbrook's gonna have the ball and you're just gonna kind of do your job so I, i think there's a little bit of that i think there's a lot of that sort of with this nuggets team that being said how much credit do i give i think he gets an enormous amount of credit with how he developed Jokic and murray I think he deserves a little bit of blame for some of the players that did not come around very well. That would include Nurkic, Moutier. Um, you know, you even look at Trey Lawson. These guys weren't like – I don't I know think I don't He know gave Moody a lot of room. You're right. I mean, Moutier thinks this wasn't good. but And I think he learned some lessons from him. But like Trey Lyles, um, Wancho Erna Gomez, Malik Beasley, like those were Beasley's guys that, those those are all guys that to me came through and didn't get the proper opportunities and, and they didn't seem to also like grow. are like think about Malik Beasley like he wasn't able to grow too and it's like they clearly him and Nurkic clearly had it in them to grow they just maybe needed a different approach more confidence in them or what have you yeah so, I mean this it. is a,
1: this is a case-by-case basis like yeah. Nurkic Nur, the Nurkic case and the Beasley case are not similar like Nurkic was a yeah. starter he lost his, his spot to Jokic, yeah. and then pouted about it and then got in the doghouse like Malik Beasley just was stuck behind Gary Harris yeah he just couldn't take
0: it over take over couldn't take
1: over like he was you know we we put him in and um he could always shoot but you know defense is just such a premium put on defense with, with Michael Malone and so I mean I agree Malik Beasley is a transcendent talent like